tuhia te ha o te reo ki te rangi. Kei ngā waiwai kai kapua, kei ngā waiwai kai pakiaka o te motūrarau mai ki te hui. Ko mihi ngā rangi tēnei, e mihi atu nei ki a koutou katoa. Welcome to the hui Māori Current Affairs for all New Zealanders. E taroa ki nei. Whakanuia te wiki o te reo. If we don't talk it, and even if it's just a little bit, kangaro ki a mātou, we're going to lose it. We check out the new language course offering a unique approach to learning te reo Māori. It's so exciting really to see that Māori want to learn sign and have the opportunity. They've never had that before. Then we speak to Minister for Māori Development, Willie Jackson. And a story of language loss and reclamation. I used to get anxiety about even saying kia ora. Good evening. Mike McRoberts joins us to discuss his real journey in the new documentary, Kia ora, Good Evening. I could have gone through pretty much my entire childhood without ever having heard Te Reo. Tahuti mai. Well, it's well known that Tamariki find learning a second language much easier than adults. Māori Language Week is an important reminder that it's never too late to learn te reo Māori. D'Angelo Martin met with a learner who's overcome monumental challenges to reclaim his reo. Grit and determination may be the best words to describe Malcolm Davis. He's a man suffering from serious health issues, but that won't get in the way of him learning te reo. Was te reo Māori commonly used within your whānau growing up? Not in my family, um, not on my mum's side. Just in her last final years, her and I would start conversing in, in te reo. For me, I just wished that she had have done it earlier. Then maybe I would have got a better grasp of it. While Malcolm didn't grow up with te reo Māori, he's now on a journey to reclaim his mana Māori motuhake. Like 31,000 others a year, he's joined the wānanga to help him to develop his reo skills. Here at Manuko Institute of Technology in Ōtara, Malcolm attends regular real classes. But yeah, the, the longest journey has been trying to retain it, um, memorise it all and, and let it come out. You know, so it's not easy, not easy. Making it even harder for Malcolm is that five years ago he was diagnosed with gastric cancer. You go to dark places, and for me it was a couple of nights in the hospital and I was thinking about, oh, I've got to go. You know, this is a tough part. Um, but then I did karakia, even if it's just the Lord's Prayer or just a little make-up karakia, and then I could see my tipuna coming to me, my, you know, my mum, and her brothers and sisters just coming to me and say, we're not ready for you, you you've got to continue, you've got to get through this. The cancer also had an unexpected side effect, his ability to remember new vocab. So before I became ill, I, I could retain you know, quite a bit of the learnings. 
But once I was going into treatment, it was quite difficult. So my retention of those types of things were very short and it becomes frustrating, but you've got to keep at it. While Malcolm's health battle continues, it's his aroha for his mokopuna that keeps him going. And it's his tupuna who walk with him on his real journey. I've got a few walking sticks, one that I take with me quite a bit. His koro used it. I take that with me so I can feel his presence. And the other one is I have a, a patu that my mum gave me at my 50th, so I take her with me. And I touch her, and then she says, you'll be fine. Despite his health battles, Malcolm is a testament to never giving up on learning te reo, no matter the challenges or kia ururuatia. If we don't talk it, and even if it's just a little bit, kangaro ki amata, we're going to lose it. Ko, te, ko, amo, amo, rangi. What do you really want to achieve with the learning of te reo Māori? I just want to just keep going as much as I can and, until we get hoaha with it, but I don't think we'll get hoaha with it because there's always new learnings out there. You know, there's always something that says, that jumps up here and says, do you know about this? And have, oh, that's a new learning. Na D'Angelo Martin, Tera Purongo. Well, joining me now to discuss the wiki o te reo and the latest news in the Māori development portfolio, I'm joined from Te Whanganui Atara by Minister Willie Jackson. Tēnā koe. Tēnā koe mahi, ngā mahi kia koe. Kia koe hoki. Hau o whainga ake mo te reo. What are your goals for te reo this year? Oh, well, um, we certainly want to whakapakari tā mātou rautaki, our strategy. We want to strengthen our strategy. Uh, and I think you've seen that with Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. Um, uh, you know, we've uh, released our Māori broadcasting strategy. But the whole goal, you know, we're, we're aiming for 2040, where we want to get uh, a million speakers. I know that's an optimistic goal, uh, um, Mihi. But I, I think that... that um, you know, through partnerships we're getting there. I mean, who would have thought, you know, when we look back at Nada Glavich, our, our queer, 40 years ago, and she nearly got the boot, the sack for, for saying kia ora on, uh, um, on her job in terms of tolls. Who, who would have thought, where we, we, you know, we, we, we would be where we are today, where we've got companies supporting our real, we've got a bilingual strategy at, uh, at the arena down here, the rugby stadium, we've got uh, Whitakas supporting the, the language, we've got partnerships mm. happening in terms of waka Kotahi, you know, the agencies, we've got signage uh, happening, we've got, uh, you know, it, 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 these partnerships are happening everywhere in an individual level, iwi level, business level, uh, and so I'm I'm excited with what's happening and we're trying to accompany that and support uh, that uh, 
um, Māori language strategy with a comprehensive and coordinated Māori broadcasting strategy. So let's it's all about, about that. Let's talk about that because he, he yeah. We talked about native language and where and. and the, you know, the vast n number of people um, that also contributed. So, you know, if you think about the Māori Language Act following that was um, the growth of Māori media sector with Te Kariri and Wakahui and, you know, Ngā Reo Irirangi, Māori television, mm. all those things. But everything needs to be reviewed and you've done that just recently. Tell me, what are the main findings of the Māori media sector review? Oh, the main findings uh, of the review, and it was done by, an, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the work done by the panel, your producer, what made a major contribution in about league, and uh, our chairs, Ella Henry and Jason Aki, I'll just mention them, but it was a re really great panel. I think they were very clear um, that we had to strengthen our language, uh, Māori language and culture through more investment. They were unequivocal about that. It's how we do it. Well, we also want to support Māori broadcasting in English to complement uh, the more investment that we need to make in terms of uh, Māori language programming. We need to strengthen the workforce. Uh, in you know, there's got to be more stability in terms of the workforce uh, uh, for Māori, uh, uh, Māori broadcasters. We need to come up with a strategy and complementing what's happening in a, in a public media sense. Uh, we need to, to uh, tweak the... Uh, uh, the Act, uh, so that it's more compliant, uh, and we need to invest in Māori television uh, directly rather than... So more money, and where will it be shared? Like, will Ngā Reo Irirangi and those places, you know, will they get a bump? Well, first of my job first and foremost is to get more funding and, and money, and so I've got I got 80 million in the last two years, which is more than we've had uh, in terms of Maori broadcasting, more more new money than we've had in the last 15 years. So, so my job first of all is to win the money, but our initial job was to get the framework right. You know, what are the frameworks right? For instance, say for Maori language broadcasting and Maori broadcasting in English, our panel said no, there should be a new putia. That's not a new entity, just a new putia because you can't rob Peter to pay Paul all the time, mate. We can't do that. Uh, you know, people have been funding their, their Maori uh, programs in English from real Maori funding. So we've got the framework right. Uh, going into the future, in terms of in terms of this, and that's what I'm really pleased about. You know that that we're able to um, uh, get 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 the structure right, so that we can get towards this uh, goal of uh, uh, one million speakers by by 2040. So, um, uh, in terms of how the money's shared, um, that's that that'll that that'll work out. But uh, at the moment, I, I, as I said, we've got 80 million. But we'll get more and we'll see where the needs are. You know, you probably know better than, than anyone uh, how that money should be shared. Iwi Radio um, uh, has, has received uh, extra and they will receive extra. But with the new okay. public media entity coming in, we want to see, uh, we want Putia to be, to be given to Māori Broadcasting. But we also want to see how our entity, Māori Broadcasting, complements the public media entity. I want to see programmes like this, for instance, in prime time, you know, I want to see presenters like you, for instance, in prime time. It's an overall comprehensive, comprehensive strategy. Yes, it's about funding, but it's also about seeing our people, hearing our people, hearing our language. And that language is te reo Māori and, Māori, and, 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 about, and kaupapa Māori, Māori broadcasting in English, because some of those um, mm. programmes, like this programme, which has been a huge... Um, uh, 
uh, investment and and uh, I suppose uh, you know it's been a credit in terms of Maori broadcasting. It's about because you're talking about Maori stories. It's about hearing well, and seeing those can stories. Can I just bring, can I raise uh, one of those Maori time. stories with you, if I can, Minister? Uh, recently, we did a story on Awataha Marae in the North Shore, and um, you know at the weekend there's been another rally to from the community that feel like they've been locked out of there. I understand that you visited that Marae. The, um, Linz, the Commissioner for Linz has just given it another 30 years uh, lease to run it. W what are your expectations of the group that are running it and what have you said to them? I said to them very clearly, get in tune with this community. Um, I was brought in by the local MP, Shannon, Shannon Halbert, who, uh, who's uh, um, been doing some good work there. And, you know, I've heard the, the, the moans, the complaints about from the Hapuriya in terms of... Um, uh, in terms of getting, uh, uh, you know, getting access to the marae. At the same time, the marae's been doing some good stuff, but it's no good doing stuff on your own. And so I, I'm, I've got officials um, right in the middle of this just trying to facilitate and mediate. I, I, know you can't, I know you can't say much about that. I just wondered if you could just um, tell us what your thoughts are around. Should a community marae like that be open to the community to use it for tangihana? Is that something you'd support? That's something I, I've, I've made clear that... that to them, that that's what the community has said to me. Kapai. Is that they, Thank you, they want access uh, to this marae because there's so few over there in Raki Pai Kia ora. Kia ora. Willie Jackson. After the break, we check out the Kopapa joining Te Reo Māori and Sign Language hand in hand. Auraki mai anō, a Māori sign language tutor is helping to bring communities together in Te Tai Tokerau. Eri Hokianga travels across Northland, teaching sign classes with a distinct Te Reo Māori flavour. After years of struggling to access services and support, his sign language classes are his way of reconnecting to his culture and giving back to the community. Anei te pūrongo a John Boynton. In Te Tai Tokerau, New Zealand Sign Language is coming face to face with Te Reo Māori. It's so exciting really to see that Māori want to learn sign and have the opportunity. They've never had that before. With a new language course offering a unique Te Reo approach. Not enough people know sign language. So, I mean, that's why it's so important, this kaupapa, to come and encourage people to learn sign language giving voice to an important kaupapa. Hopefully there's going to be an entire community and a whole entire country where signs is a normal part of our everyday life, just like Rio is. Te Tai Tokiro is one of the most isolated and rural areas in Aotearoa. A place where it's easy for the Māori deaf community to become disconnected from their culture. So I didn't know when you visit the marae. I didn't know you had to go through the front gate. I went straight into the kitchen. Eddie Hokianga knows the struggle himself. Even the simple act of going onto a marae left him feeling whakamā. No one had told me. I didn't know that. I followed deaf people and they didn't know either and that was the wrong way. So five years ago, Eddie decided to devote himself to teaching sign language driving all across Te Tai Tokiro to share the reo. At that time, though, I slept inside my car. I go and teach a class, look around, and then I just go back into my car and sleep there. 
then carry on, go to work in the next class. Today, Eddie is a full-time Ringatohu Reo Māori. And next month, he'll teach Māori Ringatohu Reo, a free eight-week sign language course with real elements held at Marae. Now. now they're, of course, motel life. Yeah. No more sleeping in the car. And Eddie's giving me a taste of what the beginner's course is offering. You've got to warm up and warm into the kaupapa a bit. And you'll gain that understanding and it'll click into place and off you go. It'll be great. It's a kaupapa Eddie has developed alongside his mate, Kim Robinson. Today, Kim's hosting his monthly sign language club at a local cafe in Kawakawa. We all love to go for coffee. I mean, everybody likes to go, you know, eat lunch and have coffee. But again, communication barriers exist everywhere, just trying to order the right, even a coffee. Kim's worked as an advocate for the deaf community in Te Tai Tokiro for 10 years working alongside people like communicator John Tell Beach Cullen, who's helping us translate. What do Fano tell you about going onto a marae or going to a birthday or a tangi and they're not able to understand anything? How does that make them feel? Just isolated, depressed, really. That prompted Kim and Eddie to set up Māori sign language classes in Te Taitokero. I realised that we needed something like this because I have very, a lot of Māori deaf friends who have trouble accessing language, communication, even their whānau do. And another thing, we really don't have enough interpreters that understand tikanga Māori. However, it's been a long journey to have sign language and te reo Māori being taught together. Similarities between sign language and te reo, both have a shared history of oppression. And 1880 was the first deaf school that was opened in Christchurch down Ōtautahi. The teachers of the deaf decided to ban sign language, so that impacted the deaf community here in Aotearoa. The New Zealand government, they used the Native Act of 1867 to suppress reo. And, and the deaf had a double dose. If you were deaf and Māori, you had both your languages banned on you. As a three-year-old, Eddie was sent to the Sumner School for the Deaf. You spoke of being punished for using sign language. Can I ask, how often would that happen? Well, I often hid and signed, but if I signed, you got caught, then you would be punished straight away. You put your hands, both hands. Up. Eddie and Kim are presenting evidence at a Waitangi tribunal hearing at the Ngātihine Health Trust in Whangarei. And so the punishment was being strapped? Was it with a belt or, or with something else? Yeah, 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 a belt. Across his life, he struggled to access services in education, health and the justice system. He spent time in prison and says he hasn't always made the right decisions because it sounds like you didn't have someone yourself to help navigate the world when you were young. No, nothing. Just myself. For 
Eddie and Kim to be able to give evidence at the Waitangi Tribunal today. It required a number of sign language interpreters and an audiovisual team behind the scenes. But most time, these types of resources aren't available to the deaf community. Back in Kawakawa, 39 Gilly Street cafe owners Catherine and Olive are becoming a valuable resource for the deaf community. There was a father and a son that came in just recently and the son came and ordered, didn't think anything of it, um, until he'd gone back to the table, then we could see that he was signing with his father. He just thought that he was isolated. So we had gone over and said, thank you for coming for, for coffee. And he was just blown away with that. It's not any different from us having our rainbow flag out there. So the deaf community, it's the same thing for them. They, this is a place of inclusion. Community leaders like Far North Councillor Moko Tepania are also taking up the challenge. So how can the council support deaf people? That's a really important issue. It's so good to see community leaders learning it and then deaf people feel safer, you know, if they've got these problems that they can go and approach these people in their own language. Just making yourself aware of what's available within your little communities. Not necessarily just here, but everywhere. And adding to your kitty of knowledge. Like if you can add another language to your kitty, why not? And it's, official, and it's an official language in our country, so why not add that kitty in there? And what's it like when you do start to see that change happen, when people are able to communicate? It's so fantastic to see this when it happens. Every time I see it, I want to cheer them on, you know? Hopefully I'm getting old soon, I can retire one day and there will be other people to take my place. Next, Mike McRoberts speaks to us about his real journey. A new documentary for Te Wiki o Te Reo offers a deeply personal perspective on language loss and reclamation. Kia ora, good evening, follows News Hub presenter Mike McRoberts as he overcomes his language trauma to learn Te Reo Māori. I used to get anxiety about saying kia ora, good evening, in case I got it wrong. It's not just about learning how to speak a language, it's about knowing who you are. I want to be able to stand at our whānau marae and pai kōrero. I will also get a tāmoku. It's not just something I want, it's something I need. Hey, Matapaki, te Paki Pumika, nei kei konei, ko Mike McRoberts, tēnā koe takutunga ne. Beautiful documentary. Um, feel privileged to have already viewed it. One thing I picked up in there is that um, you know, koro tawa e mahitahi. I know we've worked together for a long, long time, and you say in the documentary that you always used to say that you're a journalist who's Maori, not a Maori journalist. Explain that to me. I think what I was doing was putting up a barrier so that I wouldn't get called upon for knowledge that I didn't have. Um, but of course it's, it's rubbish. I mean, if you're Māori, you're Māori, whether you're a journalist or a painter or a truck driver or whatever. Um, so that was part of that language trauma for me, was overcoming mm. that and, and, and finding my identity in Tao Māori.
For me, it made me feel like um, I didn't recognise maybe how isolating or, you know, lonely it was for you. And there was it like that at yeah. times? Well, you're so gifted with it, though. And, yeah, and I, yeah. We all start somewhere. Yeah, so, we do, yeah. yeah. But part of this is that I've learned there are so many of us uh, in, in a similar position to myself um, of all generations who feel this way. And... And it's just about getting started. And that's what I hope that people take from this documentary, particularly Māori, if they are beginning their journey or, um, or some way through it and feeling frustrated with it, yeah. uh, which I have on many occasions. Haida tunnel, you know, keep going, keep going. And, and I hope that they take that from, from this as well. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely me out there in a way that I've never done before. You know, I have this security blanket with news. You don't have to give too much of yourself. You're, you're the messenger, not the message. It, Boy, I'm, I'm out there for this. I mean, even going into the documentary, eh, you, you mm. kind of felt like you had a little bit of control at the beginning, but it just all out the window once you were in there and in those positions. Did you feel that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, when I started shooting the documentary, I, I wanted to portray myself as my most genuine and authentic self. Um, but I actually found that person halfway through. Yeah. And I, I really like him a lot, you know. I, I love the, the man that I'm becoming through my Teo Māori, through uh, Rio, and, and just my whole experience and, and knowledge that is, um, is widening in that area. Tell me about, because your whānau is so much a part of the documentary, <laughs> as they should be, because that's yeah. your journey, but how has it changed your relationships with them in your life as well, a whānau? it was actually my brother who started learning to reel first, and I saw the calmness that that brought to him, and I, I wanted some of that, you know, I, I just thought, this is incredible, and um, so there's that, but they've all had to step out of their comfort zone to be part of this documentary, even, you know, just learning a, um, a, a waiata to, to help support me. All of my whānau from, um, from Ōtotahi, from Christchurch, uh, came to Wairō to be with me, uh, to, to support me for my um, whaikōrero. And your babies. Yes. Your big babies. Yes, yes, my, my children as well. And so I felt incredibly blessed with that. And um, it's amazing the difference that you feel because of it. And, and while I felt very, very anxious about doing my, my first whaikōrero, um, I knew that I was in the right place to do it, you know, if, you know that, that there'd be some sympathy, <laughs> so, yeah. so, some uh, considerations taken, um, and it was just beautiful. It was one of the most amazing days of my life. What do you want the audience to take away? Well, for Māori, I, I hope they see this, and if they haven't started yet, that it, it gives them um, the, the inspiration to start. But also for non-Māori, I think it's important for them to see it. You know, you get a lot of criticism about the use of te reo, uh, in news bulletins, that kind of thing. You know, this is why it's important to us. And I think because people see me in a different role, um, there's some people out there that don't even know that I'm Māori, for instance, you know, but to, to see me in a different role and to see what this means to me and, and, and what I wanted to get out of it, um, I, ho I hope that that shows them. They'll know now, her Māori are Mike. <laughs> <laughs> her Māori are Mike, no te taira aftu. Tēnā koe. Kia kaha, kia u. It's, um, I imagine that the reaction's going to be a bit of both. So, mm. yeah, kia kaha. Kia ora, thank Tēnā you. Tēnā koe. Uh, koe hikina te hui e huama, no horo mai rā.
te reo te take. Nā te puna whakatongarewa te hui i tautoko.